right, and we're back for the less awesome part of this. <laughs> it's actually the really, it's going to be the awful part of a, what I think of as a very fascinating topic. Yep, this is Awesome Awful. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And this is the awful aspects of determinism. Uh, now, when I was uh, researching this, because, you know, I, I, one thing I want to let everyone know is I, I strive away from Wikipedia. Uh, I'd like to go by, you know, like college rules. And if you're going to cite a source or anything like that, you have to, you can't use Wikipedia because anyone can add the information in. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, a great bastion of information. And I think it's a wonderful tool. Because you can have, they have links to a lot of their sources. Have you ever uh, played the game of, of Wikipedia? No. Uh, I used to play this back in high school where it's, you, you start at one topic uh -huh. and you try and get to another topic. So oh. say you start at like Niagara Falls. Right? Yeah, it's like the YouTube rabbit hole. Kind you of, start yeah. off watching music videos, yeah. the next thing you know you're watching a someone get dissected on a or, table. Or you're part of the Flat Earth Society. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, but you have to, but the only way you can get from what you, so the game is, you, you race, you're, you're racing your buddy, right? So it's like me versus you, and a third person says, all right, start at Niagara Falls, right? We type in Niagara Falls as fast as we can, and they go, but you have to get to the temperature of the sun. I mean, you can only get to the temperature of the sun by clicking the links within each article you go to. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So say, like, from Niagara Falls, you go to, like, American Geography. And from right. Geography, you go to Astrology. And from Astrology, you go to, you know, whatever. Right. So that's a super, super fun game. Like, but, yeah. But, yeah, okay. So Anyways, <laughs> you, you back to your research. Yeah, so I was doing my research, and then I was just, I started getting angry. And then I was like, why am I angry at them? This is just a school of thought. I don't have to follow it. Yeah. I don't have to believe in it. And it's just, it's something to talk about. I think it's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I honestly do. And I don't know if that came across in the last one. Uh, but it, I do find it very interesting. But I was, one of the things that I find that was awful about it is that it's so absolute. Yeah, and it makes it almost stale, right? Yeah, like yeah. why did this happen? Well, because it was determined it was supposed to. Happen. to. Well, uh, why did the World Trade Center happen? Well, it was determined to happen yeah. because it's of been a long causal chain of yeah. unbroken events. And I just that it is something that just didn't sit well with me. That's one thing that I just did, was like, ugh. I it's just I it kind of takes the meaning out of life. Right. Yeah, and I, I kind of came from it and I was like, okay, I'm reacting to this on an emotional level because I want to be able to say that I have control over my life or I want to say that I have uh, governance over it mm -hmm. and that if, if I, you know, work really hard and write a, a really good novel and it gets published and people really like it, and I do well with it, then god damn it, that's my achievement. You want the recognition. Yeah, it's yeah. not that, oh, because, you know, it was just determined to happen. You know, so, I mean, it, that was one of the things that really kind of sat with me when I was uh, researching this, and that's when I messaged you, going, I hate you so much. Because right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, it was making me come to something that's logical, and then wanting to re respond like you know when you know when someone loses an argument mm -hmm. is when they start being trying to be the one who's the loudest yeah and i was like god i hate that feeling mm -hmm. and i just when i was i wasn't gonna like i'm not serious when i say i hate you and this was all on a matter of like milliseconds that i was feeling these things where it was like like, God, I hate Dan right now why do we have to talk about this <laughs> shitty subject and then i was like whoa why am I so angry right now? It's like, oh, it's because it's, I thought so, it's something that I don't agree with. Yeah. <coughs> so again, my me not agreeing with it doesn't ha it doesn't matter. Again. Why did yeah? That's a, that's a weird thing, right? Is like, why did, why, how did your temperament and your current mood affect 
the thing that was going on that you were learning about? Like, yeah. how did your, was it like, why why did you get angry at something that you just don't agree with? Right. right? Yeah. Like, like um, I'm just trying to think here what I, uh, like, I don't agree in, I don't agree with the Bible. Right. I'm not angry at it anymore. I used to be angry at it. Oh, me too. Yeah. But like, I, I don't, I'm not angry at their followers. Right. You know, I'm not angry at the, at, um, most Christians, you know, like, so it's like, like, why, what about your current mood in that time frame made you hate that subject so much? You know, that's the thing. I think it was, is I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was hungry. Yeah. And as I was reading it, it was just, so the way that I think I can best describe this is, uh, watching Okay, so a Trump supporter watching CNN mm. and a anyone else who doesn't support Trump watching Fox News mm. because they just right away, I don't agree with what they say. Yeah. And then what they're saying makes me angry because I don't agree with it so much. And then it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds. And the next thing you know, that person's going to be cussing at somebody. And it's like, whoa, bro. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, like just uh, do your own investigation. If you don't believe what the news is saying, yeah, I get them. It's a huge topic. I guarantee you, somebody else has written about yeah. it. So that's where I Unless was you live in like Saudi Arabia or something, right? Oh my god. But uh, so I was I was sitting there and I was like, "Fuck, Dan, this is stupid." I was like, "Wait, why is this stupid?" I was like, "This is it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting." Uh, branch of philosophy. I find it to be very, very fascinating. Yeah. You know, and it's like almost inspiring. Yeah. You know, because like when I first learned about it, I learned there's no escaping it. Right. So, and when I learned there's no escaping it, I fell into the fatalism rabbit hole. You know, everyone does when they first learn about determinism. Like right. that's probably what was what, what made you also feel a little, what, what do you want to call that? apprehension right towards the subject is is because you realize it's devoid of meaning it devoids humans of a soul right it's it's very cut and dry it's like well we're just biological meat sacks that are going to do what they're going to do right so it's not like you know mike has an individual soul that chooses what his meat sack is going to do. It's right. more so his meat sack is just going to do what his meat sack does and when you sprinkle in some randomness and other meat sacks, this happens. Right. You know, so it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess life has no meaning now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. when we were, uh, when I was in the heat and the throes of passion that I was in for 10 seconds, I wrote this down that's and I wanted... That's last so. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. And, uh... <laughs> that's 10 seconds of her life. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That was just straight disappointment. Uh, but, no, I was... Yeah, oh, God, it was boring. But, no, I, uh, I wrote this down. I said, determinism seems to be fatalism light, or the optimistic version of it. Fatalism light. <laughs> and uh, that's because that's where... One or the other, because I told you, uh, I said before we started recording, and I think I might have wore on the last episode, I'm not sure. But I said, like, dude, I had, I have, if I were to write down all of the awful aspects of fatalism, like, I could write a fucking book. Yeah. Because I just, it just kept seeming to, like, I could just, I couldn't find anything awesome about it. And talking with you now over the last episode, it, I, all right, I see your point. Like it is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, There's different ways of looking at things. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I, as someone who loves to learn, thank you for that because it, it gave me, it, it helps me become a better critical thinker. That's what. Yeah. I, that's where I think this podcast is ultimately going to go. Yeah. And it's going to help the people who listen to this tackle tough subjects in different from different angles right instead of just being very very binary like war is bad or drugs are bad they're gonna be like well drugs are both good and bad yeah. or war is both good and bad you know or inevitable and makes progress in certain other ways i don't know like we can determine i don't think war is good in any way except for like innovation i think it's the only thing 
war drives innovation and violence yeah. and, and, the and death and the economy, which is another awful aspect. That's, that's <laughs> how we got out of the Great Depression. Yeah, it's how it was, we got out of the Great Reset recession. Yeah. It's like it's it's yeah, uh, but. That's how, actually, that's how we've gotten out of every one of them. Every single one of them. You look back at every major war, if you look at uh, the economic situation of the United States like a year or two before that, guess what? We weren't doing so bad. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other awful aspects of it that I thought was uh, having uh, a, so this is a fictional dictator, fictional dictator Somebody who has a lot of money and power, who is a hard determinism, determinist. They commit atrocities, they gain power, they murder the Jews yeah. for years. They the do what has wet dreams. Yeah. yeah. Then when someone questions them, how could you do this? Mm-hmm. Bro, it was determined. Yeah. Like, uh, there's... I haven't been stopped yet. I had to fulfill my destiny. Well, it's not, yeah. that, that, not destiny. Yeah, that's yeah. fatalism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was determined that this would happen because no one has stopped me. And that's, that's the one thing. That's that the flawed logic, though. Is because when you say it's determined to happen because of an external source, that's not determinism logic. Well, I you thought know. that's what determinism was. Right. Was that it... Uh, this and every moment happens like, because of the wall effects kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think, like that's a gray area where I never don't really know. You know, it's like what stops the the Earth from going around in the sun? You know, yeah. will it ever? Yeah. Yeah. I hope not. When my life's over right, exactly. Well, even if it, I'm just saying, it's like it's determined to go around the sun inevitably until the sun explodes, right? Right. Because that's just how physics works. Right. So, maybe, maybe that is a a foolproof way to look at life. Almost. Like, that's almost a good way to, like, absolve yourself from all of your sins. You know, it's an easy way to, to justify the atrocities that you've done in your life. Right. Just like wash your hands of it as if it didn't even matter. Because right. you were determined to do this no matter what, right. so therefore I'm not going to feel bad about it. Right. Yeah, that's a really awful aspect of it. Yeah. That, that's the thing, that's where I was, and I felt like that it kind of takes, I don't know, I kind of I got the feel when I was reading it that it, like, it takes the emotion out of things. Like, uh, let's say, I don't know, because if it was determined to happen, then you have no right to be upset about it. And it's like, like no, no, I have every right to be upset about, you know, my family dying in a car accident. Right, yeah. And it's, but it's like, yeah, but it, that's just, that's the absolutism of it because it just became, uh, like I was telling you about that YouTube video I watched where it's like, oh, well, you're upset about this. Yeah, that was determined that you're going to be upset about it. Or if you're upset about this, it's because you were, it was already determined that it was going to happen. Yeah. And I just, I'm not a fan of absolutes, like you said in the last episode or our last section, is that you're not married to your ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I just, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm just, I'm very not married to this. This is like the awful ex that I never want to speak to again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, it was uh, that moment of research that I was like negative think, thinking about it. And then, you know, I just I think it can it can lead to a lot of people like uh, just doing awful things and like and it didn't even have to be on a grand scale of a dictator. You know, people who don't have like remorse for their actions. There's a lot of them. They, they, they could just go, yeah, that was determined to yeah. happen. There's like so, therefore, I don't have to feel guilty about this because it was always going to happen. Mm. And it's like that's where I wanted to. Than where, because I never, I, oh, okay, I like stuttered a whole bunch there. I'm sorry who's ever listening. I'm just trying to kind of wrap my mind around it because for me, free will was always something that had religious connotations to it. Yep. That God gave humans free will and humans can do what they want. Yeah. And I don't believe in God. I'm 
pretty much a fervent atheist. Yeah, I know. Even though I, I love crosses, though, mm-hmm. and I like the old sayings like uh, "Nobody fought thirty-six feeling spirits or something." You're so in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and all that. Like I've always loved that. I thought that I was really cool and fucking nerd. I know, <laughs> but uh, so for me, I was this is a challenge to me on a core level here because not not believing in God is has made me comfortable mm-hmm. because. Then it's like I am the my own my own being, and I can do the things that I want. Yeah, I don't have to worry about going to heaven. All I have to worry about is being a good person. Now that means to me, like I want to take care of the ones that I love. I want to be kind to people. Uh, I don't want to rape anyone. I don't want to kill anyone. I don't want to. You know, people seem to think that if you're an atheist, that you don't have any morals. And, like, if anything, like, I have more morals than most Christians do. Yeah, you don't need to, the, the variable of religion for morality. Right. You know, I can be just as righteous of a person as, as the guy going to school, uh, going to church on Sunday. Right. Yeah. So, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't believe in God. Okay. So... I have this thing, but I still believe in free will and you know choice and all that. And I was like, how can I uh, defend free will as something that humans have when the, the, the main proponent of free will is religion? Hmm. And I don't think the main proponent of free will is religion at all. Oh, where, where? I, where where do you where does free will come from then? If we're in yourself, okay. Free will comes from the notion of the ego, and um, I don't think the ego is a real thing. Okay. Because when you look for it, where is it? Where is your ego? Well, where are your thoughts then? That comes back down to the very where your, where's your to ego? the most powerful thing a human being has is his thoughts, and it doesn't get cheaper. And your actions are literally caused by your thoughts, right? So if there's no choice in the matter, right, the only thing you get to do is observe your own movie, right? You only get to observe your actions throughout the day. And you want them to go in a general good direction, right? I think, I I, don't quote me on this because I honestly have no idea, but... I think if you don't have, I think the, the best conclusion you can come to is if you don't get to choose the most powerful thing that dictates your behavior, you're just a, a mere witness to your life. Right. So it's like, but you can still enjoy the process. You can still just, in, like we were talking about before we uh, put the mics out, about being in the present moment. Right. That's where you derive all of your it's all about the journey, not the destination. You know? Journey before destination. Or journey before the destination, exactly. And it's like, think of all the things you have now. Okay. Everything. From the, the watch on your wrist to the car that you drive, right? You've wanted that at one point in your life. Yeah. Once you got it, then what? You move the goalpost on yourself. Right. right? So it's like, if the destination truly is the end-all, be-all, right. then we're just waiting to die. So you have to enjoy the process along the way. And if the process is already determined, then just enjoy it like you're watching a fucking, like you're the main character in your movie. Right. You know? Like, that's how, that's how I do it. And I, and I want my main character to be the hero. <laughs> you know, so. there's this uh, TED Talk that changed my life that I saw when I was in my 20s. I might have been 19 even, uh, but it's the the power of positive thinking, and uh, uh, I just got headbutted by a very soft black animal, and it was the cutest thing ever. Yeah, it was really cute. Uh, we know you want attention. But uh, if you come up here, I pet you. Please do. Please do. Thank you. <laughs> but so the power of positive thinking, it was this Harvard uh, psychologist 
And what you were saying, moving the goalposts, that's one of the reasons why people can't be happy. Mm-hmm. Is because I will be happy when I have uh, this job. Yeah. I will be happy once I get that car. Like. If you keep delaying happiness, you'll delay it for the rest of your life. And then they get those things, and it's like, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't I happy? It's like, oh, well, then I need to get... I need to get that better car. I need to get yeah. a better car. I need to get a better job or a better watch. Mm-hmm. And it's never enough. Yeah, it ends up never being enough. Yeah. And this guy goes in to talk about being in the present, focusing on what you have. When you were talking about journaling, that is one of the key aspects of doing it. So if you were to huh? reflection, yeah, if you were to write down every day ten thing good things that happened that day. You would start to look for those good things. Yeah, like, wow, then, last night it was really hard to find the 10 things. Yeah. I'm going to start writing them down as they happen. And then when you start writing them down as they happen, you're like, huh, I really enjoyed what just happened. Let's hope I can do that again. Yeah, a lot of good things happened throughout the whole day. Yeah. Like, who, who would have thought? Yeah. And this can, it showed, he studied, and it shows that it leads to people being happy. Uh, so, I drives me up the wall. But if you Google or YouTube uh, Power of Positive Thinking TED Talk, you sh- shouldn't be a problem to find it. But it's just something that uh, I've always kind of shaken with me and that I've always tried to share with everybody. You know, like, don't have to be... The end-all, be-all is not the collection of stuff. You know, it's the talking to people. It's uh, having a good time with somebody or feeling safe with somebody or uh, it's the experiences that you get to have. Because that old adage of, you know, you can't take it with you or, you know, then people like to play by the game of he who dies with the most toys wins. And it's like, why? Like, you need money to be happy. Like, I mean, I I think, because, you know, Money buys tattoos, so tattoos, <laughs> tattoos make, me make you happy. So therefore, logic is flawless. Right yeah. there. Boom, done. What else can you buy that lasts forever? Exactly. Forever. Because well, I mean, it's forever for you. Yeah, so unless until I, you die. Uh, well, unless I you know, get into a motorcycle accident, get some road rash, and just takes a couple of layers of skin off. But, yeah. Or yeah. a house fire. Or if you like Travis Barker, almost die in a plane crash. Hear about that? Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty dark, right? Yeah, you do. He has like suicide headaches. That just yeah. Ugh. I've never. What is a suicide headache? Uh, this is the awful part. So. Yeah. Let's just talk about all the bad things. Uh, There's a lot of bad things. But yeah, I uh, I agree though. Like, and and another awful part about this topic as well is. Um, thing that I actually, when I started learning about this, was like the, the loss of control, right? So it was like, I was starting to, I felt like, uh, I'm in control of my life. I ain't no little bitch. I'm going to get up, work hard every day, and, and sooner or later I'll be successful, right? And it's like, I, I, I can control the controllables, is what I used to always say. You know, it's like, what does that even mean? It sounds good on paper. Yeah. What do you mean control the controllables? I can pump my own heart? You know, like, no, I can, you know, divide my own cells. That's not going to fucking happen. You know, it's like, okay, so, so at what point do I start, am I starting to control the controllables? What, what, what aspects of my life are controllable? If you want to, if you think about that, I I guess that's an open question to you. What, what aspects of your life do you find that are controllable? Uh, when I have AIDS? Maybe. Oh, I mean. Not even then, because you don't know what can happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for 10 days straight, you didn't, you said. Yeah. So it's like, do you control that? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, yeah, who does at that point? You know? I mean, like, uh, I do everything because I think I, I, everything I do, I do out of habit. You know, I have a habit of trying to be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> I found the, it's called the suicide disease. Oh, that's the thing Robin Williams had? Uh, Robin no, Williams had? He had gluey body dementia. Uh, which 
is uh, it's terrible. It's like uh, uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's mixed to where you would have had Fuck. a... Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll look that one up next so we can talk about terrible things. Uh, but it's called Trigeminal Neurologia. Nailed it. First try. Yep. You don't, don't even bother looking it up. Yeah. He nailed it. Just Google Travis Barker suicide headaches and that's the first thing that pops up. So what exactly is it? Uh, it's when all of your nerves are firing in your face at the same time. Uh, so he said that he feels like he had dudes of root canal constantly. Yeah, that's uh, fun times. There are things worse than death. Yeah, there are. You know, it's like I couldn't imagine being tortured. Right. Fuck, man. You know, I there's, it's no secret that I love Harry Potter. Uh, I've talked about it with you. I've talked mm. about it. On, I think every one of our podcasts so far. Probably. I think you're two for two now. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'll mark down Joe. I'll mark down Joe Rogan for you. I'll mark down. And you Harry mark Potter. down Harry Potter every time I talk about it. Uh, but the main villain in there, he was terrified of death because there is nothing absolutely worse than death. And you know, Dumbledore said that's one of his great weaknesses was that he never realized that there are things that are far worse than death. And like, like uh, being being tortured, yeah, uh, going through a never-ending pain. Uh, there's, I mean, just a couple of things. Death is worse than death. When I think, what the hell does that mean, Mike? You're just speaking nonsense. Did I have a stroke? <laughs> I feel like no. I, I just had a stroke. <laughs> uh, losing my dog, Sammy. Oh, I see. Was, dude, it fucking gutted me. Yeah, and I, I still have deep, whole body-raking sobs at least once a year. When I just I get caught in the moment, and I'll think about it, and it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through. And it just, uh, yeah, so his death, I would, would be worse than my own death. It was worse than my own death, because then if I die, that pain would end. Yeah. And uh, so having... Being afraid of death, I, I think, is just something that people need to learn to live with. <laughs> uh, <or just> to, <laughs> That's a paradox, right? Yeah, try to fight that fear because being afraid of it, I mean, it's, it's going to stop you from trying to live. It actually goes back full circle back to our previous episode about the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. About, um, fuck, I just had it. I just lost it. I'm a fucking fuck. I can't even believe you right now. We're trying to be professional here. I'm a professional. <laughs> We're having a good time. I had it and lost it. It's weird. That's weird, man. God damn it. Lots flowing in and out of the ether. It was determined, Daniel. Shut the fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> No, man. So, I don't know. It just, there was determinism for me. It was hard. Man, it was really hard to try to find awesome things. And then, yeah, those were like my main two things was the absolutist, of absolutism of it, and then the uh, yeah, that it's just everything is determined. And then like the lack of emotion in it is that like it just, oh, well, man, it's very dry. Yeah, yeah, it just was, because it, it didn't leave room to, to feel the things that you need to feel. And to be happy, to be a human functioning adult that can go out and sell houses and talk to people, you need to be able to feel your emotions. But determinism allows that, though. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't read deep enough into it. I mean, like, determinism is so broad. That it just says that that emotion is going to be felt because of whatever thing you were feeling at the time. Some preemptive dopamine strike hit you in a certain way while you were thinking a certain thought, and then boom, your emotion hits. So, I mean, it's like determinism is, a, is so broad yet so absolute. That 
uh, is, is what's disturbing for me and a lot of people, a lot of other people. It's just like, because if you're trying to reason your way into free will, like, as if, like, there's some sort of inherent need for it, because I don't see the even need for free will. Where, where do you, like, when it comes back to, like, asking where in life free will exists, you can use determinism and, 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 and reason that away. You know, like, you can reason any choice, quote-unquote, you made away from, you know, your previous action. So the previous moment makes this moment, no matter what. Right. So, like, you don't get to choose to understand or not the words that are coming out of my mouth. You know, like, you can't just choose to not understand. Right. You know, like, I went a bet with every girl I take on a first date with this one thing. It's like, I bet you a shot, or I bet you a drink, or I bet you or a kiss or whatever, that I can make you do one thing. And they go, no, you can't. I go, yes, I can. And then we shake on it or whatever. And I go, I bet you I can make you think. <laughs> and they and they fucking they go and they try and shut their brains off and it doesn't fucking work because you you you, you don't get to choose to not think right you know so it's like it sounds so cliche and, and kind of cheesy and stuff but like there's an inherent fundamental truth about that that disturbs people right. and me included you know like I'm starting to get over it and be like well okay I can still have the illusion of free will and pretend like I'm being a good person right. because that's what I want to be. You know, I feel like there is some degree of choice into how good of a person you want to be, whether if that's predetermined from when you're all the way born or who your parents are, if you're, pre, if you're genetically predispositioned to be a better person, that, you know, to, to have that good person intention gene or whatever the fuck it is. Right. But I feel like even then you probably wouldn't get to choose that, you know, but... I feel like there's a degree of choice in free will, or in, in determinism, and that's sprinkled in through randomness and luck. Right. You know? So, so it's like... I want to tell you, take you through my thought process real quick, because I was trying to think of uh, an argument to what you were saying, and one of the things I was thinking of is that I don't like how deter it was determined was always the answer, because then it like doesn't allow you to... Uh, process that like what happened to you like it's like well oh, it, it was determined that that, that was going to happen so it's like with someone who was molested by an uncle right like so that was determined that I, that was going to happen that I was going to be traumatized for the rest of my life and it was going to ruin my whole entire life that was determined and it's like yeah it was but then also if you get help yeah you can heal from it mm -hmm. and guess what that was determined too. Yep. And I think what it was is I was stuck on the negative things that was like, oh, okay, so this was determined. That's bullshit that, that this was determined. Like, I can't fucking talk about that. Like, like, how, like, that's fucked up. Why would anyone want to say that a child being murdered was determined? Yeah. And, uh, but it's like, it was, but then the cops that catch the person who did it and the person being punished was also determined. Yep. So it's a, uh, this, it came in by, I guess it just came in by, it went so fucking fast that as I was trying to think about it and it was the, the, cause I was thinking, but well man, that doesn't allow for people to emotionally like, heal from it. And I was ready to just like jump at it. And then my brain was like, no, no, no. Does yeah, because does. if they do yeah. heal from it, then it was also determined. Mm -hmm. And that's just the thing that I and I'm guessing. I hope anyone who's listening to this, I hope determined loses all meaning for you because that's <laughs> what it's doing to me right now. Because we've said it so many goddamn times yeah. that we're now it's like, is this even a real word? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just something that I Roads. guess. That's, that's a weird word. Roads. <laughs> Rowads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it was the the main thing was the absolutism of it that just doesn't sit well with me. 
because I, I, like I said, we're not married to our ideas. Uh, I want to be able to, and the, the taking away of free will, that illusion of choice, because that's pretty what, what it is and what determinism is an illusion. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what makes people uncomfortable. Oh, like, like yeah. what, do you, what do you mean you're taking away my choice? Like, well, I have a right, I have rights. Yeah. I think what is the most disturbing about this topic is the opposite of what I've mentioned as the best part of this topic, which is I thought compassion and forgiveness was the best part. It's like the new outlook on compassion and forgiveness is, is fantastic when you, when you put it through the lens of determinism because it's like, holy shit, that guy used to be a baby. You know, like, fuck, he was just raised in the wrong environment. Or it's like, it's not like, like, how far back? So say, like, Ted Bundy, right? He's an absolute, complete, utter psychopath. But was he one at four? Was he one at three? Was he one at two years old? You know, it's like, at what point did he become a psychopath? Was he born one? Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so, I mean, like, like, then he was always, then, then at no point did he have a choice to kill those people. He was just going to anyway because he was born one. Uh, you know, so it's like, what are you going to do? There's, uh, I can't remember this doctor's name, but he's a neurosurgeon, neuroscientist, and he did brain scans of, like, get brain scans sent to him of, like, 50 different random people, and he could tell which ones were psychopaths because of how the brain is formed. And we don't know why. Uh, if it's, uh, there's a certain part of the brain that gets bombarded with like dopamine when the baby is being born that they think is one of the reasons why people are born psychopaths. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, because, and then like you said, there's nothing that they can do about it. Like, I mean, you can't, if you are born. If you're ever a proponent of eugenics, right there. <laughs> that's the reason that's why. That's the reason. There it is. Kill them all. Kill, Kill all the, the psychopaths. Babies. No, uh, preemptive strikes. Well, that's one of the common misconceptions of psychopaths is that they are all inherently violent. Uh, and that's something that is just it's not true, is it? No, no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. It's a very small minor majority. And actually, uh, Ted Bundy was probably closer to anti-person. He had definitely had anti-personality disorder, but he was also probably closer to a sociopath than he was a psychopath. Mm. Uh, for because a psychopath, it just you don't have emotions. Like you, don't, I could slap you in your face; it would hurt. You wouldn't get angry about it because why would I mean? You would just if, but you would probably get shit. So because uh, a lot of it comes from experience. So if you were taught that being slapped in the face is an insult, that it. Uh, it's like me degrading you, then if I were to do that for you and you were a psychopath and do it to you, you wouldn't get angry. You would be insulted because you've learned throughout your whole life that it is an insult to be slapped in the face. But the suffering of it, like not even the suffering, but just uh, everyday comedies, you wouldn't, why would you laugh at something? Or because you don't know that it's an emotion that it's like joy is not an emotion that you would be able to feel. Uh, romantic comedies, people falling in love, watching yeah, those things. So like your whole spectrum of, of, of emotion is just like the static white screen of the TV. Yeah. You have to be really good at reading people at that yeah. point. So you, then you're not just sitting there fucking blank-faced when they're telling yeah. you about the birth of their son. Or like when the Joker was laughing at the wrong punchlines. Uh, right, right. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, so it's uh, a great movie, by the way. Oh, fuck. But psychopathy is, it's been made into this evil, vile thing of being uh, serial killers. Yeah. Uh, and most serial killers aren't psychopaths, they're actually sociopaths, to where they're just in it for themselves. But like a true psychopath, someone who actually doesn't feel any emotion, they have to learn when people when they're looking at people, like what that what they're feeling, and they have to learn how that emotion looks on other people. So that why way they're able to 
go about their business and do about their things. Like you'll find a lot of CEOs of companies. I was, just, I was picturing Donald Trump. Yeah. Like uh, how there's just something just off about him. Probably a psychopath. Probably a lot of CEOs of companies are because they have they to get to where they need to do. A lot of people are doing or they're doing a lot of things other people are uncomfortable uh, negotiating. <laughs> really well for themselves uh, just being like being cutthroat what what people who are not psychopaths deem as being a cutthroat like uh, just yeah I mean just even saying it, it's like getting the best deal for yourself and moving up the ladder but like undercutting somebody and like it, it's because even like I can't even explain it without it coming off as sounding negative because people who are psychopaths, they're not all bad people. Yeah. The vast, like I said, the vast majority aren't. It's just that they're incapable of feeling emotions as, as people are. Now, a lot of people, uh, the, a lot of things that I've read that you can't diagnose uh, children with psychopathy because their brains haven't formed, which I think is a fair point. But also, I think you can, some children that have killed people that have done it because they were psychopathic because they don't feel emotions like they do so therefore the only feelings that they get are from knowing what's right and wrong and then doing those things that are wrong and trying to get away with it like uh so do psychopaths know the difference between right and wrong if they're taught it just like all people are so is everyone born psychopath no, no, because it's, uh, it's... When do you learn right and wrong? And what? how do you learn it? Uh, usually from an attentive parent. When you were growing up, from the moment you were born, not the moment you were born. The, wouldn't that be where a psychopath would learn it too? Yeah. So then... So let's say you take a... Are all toddlers psychopaths? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the chances of being murdered by a toddler are, are low. Zero chance of being murdered by a toddler, but no, um, but no, for real though, like that that brings up an interesting question: is like, where, when does morality form? Right, and so this just goes back and proves determinism, right? Right, is because it's like. When when you I'm trying to put this all together in my brain to make it make it make sense to myself to just myself. Okay, so basically, it proves determinism in a in a in a kind of like a roundabout way. It's like, oh, fuck, that's what determinism is to begin with. Is just like it's just uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Yeah. So it's like no matter what, it's determined. Like that is you're right. It is that is the absolute worst part of this. Yeah. Topic is no matter what, it's right because it's right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a loop, yeah. right? So it's just like, ah, ah, hate it. It's like my my brain just breaks every time it just goes down the singularity of determinism. Yeah. Just everything's been. Yeah, that's the thing about like, so uh, when we're talking about psychopaths or sociopaths or assholes or elbows or whatever you want to talk about but we are if you have an attentive parent who teaches you right and wrong because you're not really uh between like one and i would say about four is right when you know like you by, by the time you are four you know like even i know Less than that, because I want to say it's like two to three. Like you, you can tell a two-year-old, you know, no, you can't, don't drink the water. Like bad. Like, but it doesn't know that it's wrong. It just knows that you can't do it. So I would say that knowing the difference between right and wrong, I would go back to my original one to be in between like five and seven, to where you've had parents that have te taught you. Great, great examples with animals. Like, you can't pull on a dog's tail because it might hurt it. 
you can't hit dogs because it would hurt the dog. And hurting someone is bad. You can't hit your brother because hitting is bad. So by that time, I would say between five and six is when that morality of what right and wrong is does come out. And then by the time they're like seven, eight, they know that like lying is bad. You can get into the more complex issues mm-hmm. of morality of <coughs> of that lying is bad or that stealing is bad. And it depends on the parent. Like I mean to be honest it does because if you take a psychopath that doesn't feel emotion and then you beat that child uh, endlessly and treat that child terribly and abuse that child, all it's going to know is it's going to have a, this is any type of child, but uh, it's going to know just that it doesn't want to feel that way again. So it's going to try to do whatever it can to not. Right. And then it's going to get angry or it's going to have its version of anger and it's going to want to inflict what happened to it, that it being it or them, he or she, don't come at me with genders, please. Uh, just they're going to want to inflict what happened to them onto the world. And I think that's what hurt like, people hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. But not all hurt people hurt people. Because like that was one of the dangerous uh, thoughts was that every child molester uh, molested children. Every child molester had been molested before. Yeah. And that if you, that child who has been molested will molest another child again. Mm-hmm. Now, pretty sick, isn't it? Yeah. If you uh, get help and you go seek a therapy and you go through it and you are able to heal from it or able to learn from it, chances are you're not going to be out there molesting kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, like, does it, what part of the healing, quote, quote unquote, healing process? Stops you, stops the desire from wanting to fuck kids. Like, oh, I've never, you know, like, I, 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 I can't get in that brain. I don't know what that desire is like, you know? And it's like, are they choosing to do that? Are they choosing to have the desire to fuck kids? Or do they hate that themselves? You From, know? Uh, so that's one of the things that I have been uh, wanting to be like a psychologist or somebody who is. Uh, that works with giving people therapy. Like, something that you have to be able to do is being able to sit down with a pedophile and be like, help that person get through that. Yeah. And not be able to judge them. So, it's where, like, where does desire come from? Why, I, uh, like, are you, do you like blondes or brunettes? Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, which one? Brunettes. Brunettes, yeah. yeah. Why? We have no idea. It's just why yes, do some guys no like idea. <laughs> <laughs> why do some guys like feet uh, or some women like feet too? It's just it's something to do with the wiring in the brain. Uh, now whether it's not uh, some pedophiles like children because they're they're easy. They're they're easy to attack to get what they want That's out of it. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're uh, victims that. They usually can uh, have one easy access to. That's why most of the people that get molested are molested by a family member. Yeah. Uh, the accessibility of them is is a main part of it. Uh, they probably had bad luck with other women, and they're able to actually talk with children, and they have this twisted sense of what a child actually is. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, that's fucked up. Very fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it kind of just ties all into this determinism thing. It's like, it's (coughs) fucked, it's fucked up through our eyes and society's eyes, but to them, it's just, you know, I'm hungry. You know, like, it's just another part that they're, uh, whatever's fucked up in their brain. Is telling them that this is something that's going to make you happy. Well, that's what a lot of things, uh, a lot of the psychiatrists, 
psychological textbooks that I've read uh, and just reading shit online about from psychiatrists and stuff is that the ones who are in therapy, they know that it's bad. Mm. They don't want to do it and they want it to stop. That's what I that's what I would think, right? Like yeah. if you're not just a total psychopath yeah. and it's just like a, a a random desire, you know? Like I kind of feel sorry for you, but I also kinda of wanna beat you in the head with a hammer. That's you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's <that's>... like <laughs> but I I when it comes to that whole compassion thing, it's like it makes me feel sorry for you. Right. It it forces me to feel sorry for you. Even though I still want to beat your fucking head in with a hammer, yeah. you know. So it's like, and and, and and I'm having trouble, like honest to god trouble, keeping those two ideas in my head. Like contemplating those two ideas. It's like, should I feel sorry and have compassion for this psycho killer <coughs> who, or this raper, this rapist who raped and killed, like? Uh, 50 women or some shit, you know, it's like, does he deserve my compassion? And it's like, yes, if you're full, (coughs) if you're full on and determined, like if you're just full on head stopping and and, and you believe that shit, that he had no control over what he did because it's a circumstance, right? Like that's how you look at it. He still needs to go be punished and thrown out of society for what he did, but it's not, it's, if, if you go full on determinism, you should feel sorry for him too. Well, I don't know if we talked about this last time, that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Oh, that was with Mike Swahoff. Yeah, Mike Swahoff. Uh, so this kind of ties into that. So somebody, uh, this really great uh, psychiatrist, or psych- she's a, Excuse me, a therapist. She's a licensed man, marriage and couple therapist. Uh, <coughs> joking. A licensed marriage and family therapist. And uh, she was on one of these podcasts that I was watching, and she came out with forgiveness is not reconciliation. She said that to me. I was like, the fuck does that mean? <coughs> and What she then goes on to say is, like, when you have somebody who has wronged you, as we talked about in our last episode, uh, my father's shit. And I've had a lot of mixed feelings about him most of my life. I loved him. I have been terrified of him. I have been uh, in in awe of him and have respected him. And all these things. It's so fucking complicated, the relationship I have. A lot of it is towards has turned towards anger and being not have wanting to do not has been wanting have to have nothing to do with him, and that's one of the things that I've come to in life is that I I can't he's taking too much of my brain space of my time and I can't think about him anymore and having these negative feelings about him is causing me to think about him constantly. Yeah. So that's someone. Funny. When you want to forgive somebody that's been in the notion through out time, my whole life, I thought that if you were going to forgive somebody, that means that you have to be friends with them again. That you have to be able to sit down and have dinner with them again. Fuck that. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. I can forgive you for being a shitty parent and being an abusive prick. I can't. I don't need that on my life anymore. Yeah. And I'll forgive you. It's not for their sake. It is for your own. Yeah. And that is what I had to do. Is like I forgive him for being all that, for just being a piece of shit. Because I have to. I can't live my life being angry at this piece of shit for the rest of my life. You know, it's yeah. just it's not worth it. So when it comes to as yourself being able to forgive somebody is going to bring you peace. It's not going to bring that person peace. And then, if when you do it, no one, you don't have to go back to them. You cut toxic people out of your life. Yeah. And then you forgive them because it's going to make you feel better. And then you get to move on with your life and be happier. 
Now, when it comes into compassion for a child molester, that's going to be really fucking hard for anyone to do. It's hard for me to do. I think child molestation deserves the death penalty. Oh, yeah. I don't, there's, I'm tired of reading these stories of fucking chomos raping 20, 30 kids, and they get fucking six years worth of fucking prison time, and they're out in two. Yeah. What? Exactly. Like, and the, then you actually have guards protecting them so yeah. they don't get, you know. All this time yeah. and money gets to the devoted yeah. to them being protected. It's ridiculous. But to the people, like, to the, it's just like the vast majority of psychopaths that they're not serial killers. The vast majority of pedophiles aren't out there molesting kids. Because a pedophile is just someone who is attracted to a child. They have a sexual attraction to a child. That is what the word pedo is children, file is like attracted. I don't know what that's the actual, like I don't have to Webster pulled up on my phone or anything, but that's what that is. A child molester is someone who molests children. So there's a distinction there that we gotcha. have to... I did not, okay. Yeah. I've, I've been using those two terms very loosely. Guess what? Everyone has does, yeah. 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 So, like I said, so the vast majority of pedophiles are child molesters, but these people need help because they need to... They don't want to do this. They want to have a normal family. Yeah. They want to not even have a family, but they just want to have a normal relationship with I would somebody. feel... I'd be weirded out if I had a feet thing. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm super into this, and I don't like feet, <laughs> or something like that, you know? I like, know, right? Like, so or, or, like, if, if uh, I don't know, uh, fucking feet, like, if, if, yeah, if, if foot fetish was, was as stigmatized as, as child molestation was, yeah. obviously not, I'm not comparing the two things together, but right. I'm just no, saying, like, saying, just, if, if you put them on the same level, I would, I would feel bad for having a foot fetish, right? Just like you would feel bad for, for being attracted to the teenager or whatever. Well, yeah. and I also think, dude, like, so, it is such a complicated and nuanced problem. Because if you look at it, child, molesting children is terrible, obviously. Like I just said, they deserve to be put down. Fucking death penalty. Yeah. So, but, then we have a society where there is, uh, Children are sexualized. They yeah. have that and fucking, that, that pageant show that, that was that on Netflix. Fucking creeped me out. Man. Uh, they they had little yeah. Miss Teen, Miss America, Miss Teen America, Miss Teen. They, they have these. They're sexualizing so children, and not just uh, with girls either, but boys too. I mean, there's just I don't have the uh, the opposite of that, but you know. So we have we live in a society where this is considered normal, not normal by everybody, but a vast because these things still exist. So there must be a good population of people that actually still attend these little miss pageants and shit. I think we should arrest everybody who buys a ticket to that shit. <laughs> I think we should too, and um, throw the organizers in jail. Like that's just creepy to note to a whole other fucking level. But then we move into the aspect of porn. I'm all for sex work. I'm all for a woman or a man making their money any way that they can, as long as it's legal. Yeah. But you like, I'm not gonna lie. I look at porn too. I'm a single man. What the fuck do you expect me to do? What I don't get when it comes to this is like why things we do, certain things that everybody does has this such a fucking taboo. You know, like what what is where did the stigma come from? All the way back in the 1400s with the Puritans. Yeah. Like, we have 600 years of Puritan ideology. Like, let's fucking move on, people. That's why you get right now on Facebook, see somebody get beheaded, but you can't see someone's booty. Yeah. You can't free the nipple. Yeah, because sex is bad, but violence is okay. That's so weird. That's a mark of an unhealthy society, man. <coughs> it really is. That's, uh, but, so yeah, we have, like, barely legal teens. Uh, there are so many categories. Yeah, that's a category on, on Pornhub, yeah. Yeah, Pornhub, yeah. Yeah, teen porn. And it's like, oh, but I'm 18. Well, I'm just barely legal. And then there's cheerleaders where, then we have cheerleading competitions. I mean, there's so many different fetishes. And then people are, like, upset that 
someone, but if someone says that I'm attracted to a child, you're automatically stamped a, a child molester. And, but they're like, no, I need help. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be, but here I have all these things that are thrown in my face constantly. Oh, here's a preview for down the road. Sex robots. And the, and the awful aspect of it. Child a child sex, sex robot. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a preview down yeah. the road. Dude, so I just read a book, and uh, it was called The Alienist. They made a TV show about it. I haven't seen the TV show, and it's a fiction book. But one of the, it takes place at the turn of the century, uh, New York, so 1898. And uh, there's a guy named John Reese. He wrote a. Uh, was about like tenement living and he caused a lot of reform in New York for tenements and I think it was I can't remember his he wrote a famous book and anyway but he was such a like uh, moralist that this man didn't believe that child prostitutes existed and the premise of the book was that the serial killer was murdering child prostitutes and this guy was they were talking about how this person who was a real person in real life and i looked this up because i was like that's kind of a fucking big claim to admit yeah yeah he didn't believe it he didn't just like no there's no way that human americans would pay to have sex with a child and it's like bruh like are you fucking well, kidding let's uh, revisit this yeah yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it actually fucking happened. This dude believed that, like, even though all the decrepit shit that this man thought, like, he went out, as like, into the heart of darkness. I think that might have been the book that he wrote. I'm not 100% sure. <coughs> uh, but, so he saw a bunch of shit out of the terrible, uh, conditions that people lived in during these tenement houses in New York, but... Refused to believe in refused to believe in child prostitution, and that's kind of where, like, as a society, like, yeah, it existed. It was a they had dens of iniquity, whorehouses, uh, whatever you want to call them. That that's all that they were were brothels. Yeah, brothels. Yeah, that's the word that I was looking for. Yeah. Were child prostitution brothels in yeah. New York City, eighteen ninety eight. So it's twenty twenty one. Uh, do the math, 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 math. 120 years. Yeah. So, years. so as a society, you know, we've gotten to the point where, like, okay, children can't work 12-hour shifts. Yeah. And then children can't work eight-hour shifts. Labor laws. Yeah. Okay, yeah. children just shouldn't work. And so we've progressed as a society to the point where we know that we have to have labor laws. We have to protect children from these things, and they children can't be prostitutes that's a fucking awful thing because children are not tiny adults i'm afraid to tell you uh newsflash yeah <laughs> that's why we have different categories for each person they have infant toddler uh i forget what's between uh, toddler and adolescent but that you know seven to ten range and then they get into adolescent and then there's teenager and then there's adult there's Young adult, yeah, yeah, young adult, and then adult, then elderly, yeah, and then elderly. So I mean, we have these things because each person's brain, as they're growing up, is developing. An eight-year-old does not have the con- the constitution to make life decisions about itself, about whether or not it has sexual feelings for a man or anything like that. That is why we have these laws that protect children in this way. But, <clears throat> so that's, this is, holy shit, this turned into, this turned into child molesting. Goddamn, this is, podcast has been awful. So <laughs> awful. <laughs> but that's one of the main things that comes with compassion and what you need to have if you want to, like, understand, like, help people is that the vast majority of people don't want to do things and then when they happen or when things do happen you know there's i don't know what the reason is for that and uh god damn it gang we're trying to be professional here i know i should have silenced my phone i apologize what are the 
nine viewers, nine listeners going to think? Um, we might lose a ten percent of our audience. Fuck. Yeah, we probably shut it off right now. Literally. Yeah, that's it. But it wasn't the forty-five minutes of child molestation. I we think I think they probably pretty much enjoyed that part. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, I know it's just uh it's a real weird world we live in, and the human experience is. I think we should start recording the awful aspects first, and then end with positive aspects. Because this this is a real downer episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, like, fuck, I'm bummed out right now, oh, man. man. Like child trafficking and shit. Like, goddamn. I mean, which is still happening today. Yeah, and Omaha is a huge hub for it because we're in the heart of the heartland, right in the fucking middle of six eight or uh, I eighty. Yeah. So. Whatever. Um, all right. Well, that's a good way to end it. Child trafficking on six eighty. Okay. Well, for our next week. Uh, oh yeah, so, you get to pick next week. Uh, I'm gonna delve into the afterlife with you, sir. Oh. I, I think this one's gonna be a great one. That I've been oh, thinking about boy. what my topic should be uh, all week, and I just now thought of it before we started this. This is so, gonna be good. That's gonna be a good one. Oh yeah. I've already got five or six things that's in my head. Dope. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us all on all the social medias and uh, on all your streaming platforms. Like and subscribe. We're not on YouTube yet. We're not big enough. Shit, I don't even know where you can see it. But yeah, email us, Awesome Awful Podcast, for any ideas you want us to discuss, and uh, we'll get to you. And buy a house from me. And buy a house from Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.